Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Stand with me if you would, please, and hold your Bibles up. If you don't have one, just hold your fist up or your hand up or something. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Before I start preaching today, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Uh, It's kind of a personal note. My wife is having a very serious cervical spine surgery on Tuesday. And so all of you that would be so kind as to pray between now and then, uh, the surgery is at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. And uh, so this is kind of a first for us. We've both been very blessed throughout our lives and uh, this came as quite a surprise and so uh, we appreciate your prayers very much and uh, we know that God will get us through all right Um, I've been preaching the last couple weeks on on the promises of God and last week uh, not at 930 but at 11 I, I had these three thoughts and it's really bizarre if you you've ever been a communicator, you, you, you've spent all this time preparing a message, and then God gets involved. <laughs> Actually, he was already involved, but evidently we missed something. So I had this thought uh, about the promises of God, and for those of you who have not been in a position, a church that talked about the promises, I didn't grow up knowing there were promises. I just grew up knowing there was heaven and hell, and you wanted to go to one and not the other. And so every week, I I had the hell scared right out of me and, and uh, tried to stay true to God because I didn't want to go there. But then I realized that God gave us promises and, and ways to live life that would not only uh, enable us to go to heaven, but enable us to live a victorious life here on earth. And uh, that's very important to me because to me, uh, a blessed life, a joyful life, a life that faces adversity with faith uh, gives glory to God. In, in, in the great adversity, uh, sometimes actually uh, the true reflection of our Christianity and our faith is seen in adversity, not in times of ease. And so we have to rise up and say, God, no matter what, I will serve you. And so I said these three things. I said, number one, you have to be aware of the promises of God. In other words, if you're not aware, then how would you have any knowledge of how to pray, God, this is what you said. Many religious people are uncomfortable uh, with that thought, but the Word of God in Isaiah says, God says, call me into remembrance of my Word. Now, it's not that God's forgotten. He just wants us to, to say what He said and declare what He said because His Word has power. So, we as Christians sometimes talk a little funky to the world because we begin to thank God before anything ever happens. We believe, God, that things will happen redemptively in a way that will be a blessing to everyone's lives. 
And uh, it's very important that you're aware of what God's Word says. So many people read the Bible and say, I don't get it, and why do I read it, and it's a history book, and so on and so forth. But throughout the Bible, God tells us how to live. And so when I'm going through adversity sometimes, I just say, God, you promised me that if I was obedient to you, that the following things would happen. He said, the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. You'll be blessed in the city, country coming in and going out. Uh, you'll be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Though your enemies come at you from one direction, they'll flee in seven. And uh, so those are things. And by your stripes, I was healed. Not will be healed, but I was healed. And, and you know, then the great debate in religion is, well, they died anyway. That means they were really healed. You know, I mean, I don't really want that healing right now. But, uh, you know, if that's what it took, then I'd be healed. So in Christianity, you really can't lose. And, and religious people and people who are running from God will always argue about the things of God. And so when there's an argument, you just have to be aware that that's where they're at and not be moved from where you're at. Uh, because sometimes when people get negative, you begin to ponder, do I really believe that? Do I really believe what the Bible says? And uh, sometimes people have a good argument. They have a, you know, and kind of convincing. But what, no matter how good the argument is, one verse in the Bible is going to be more sturdy and solid than a paragraph that someone shares with you. And so you have to stay on that scripture, that verse. And the second thing is declare it. If you're aware of the promise, declare the promise. And sometimes that's hard to do when you're going through things. You're angry, you're frustrated, you're fearful, whatever it might be. But that's the time that you really out loud declare the promises of God. And, uh, and stand in faith and believing. And then the, the last thing I talked about was sharing in the blessing, sharing in that promise. Share it with others, whatever, when it comes true or before and say, you know, I'm just going to share with you. The, the blessing of God, the word of God, and that changes everything. The story of a little boy who was asked by his father to say grace at the table. While the rest of the family waited, the little boy eyed every dish of food his mother had prepared. After the examination, he bowed his head and honestly prayed, Lord, I don't like the looks of it, but I thank you for it, and I'll eat it anyway. Amen. Have you ever felt like that little boy? You know you should be thankful, but it's not really what you want, and yet you make the choice to be thankful anyway. The little boy was being pretty mature. His mother may not have appreciated it, but I believe God did. You see, sometimes we just have to be thankful. There, And what I've realized, sometimes the adversity that I'm facing, um, it's better if I face it with thanksgiving and gratitude. Um, Sometimes people that oppose you, you really want them to go away. You really have an opinion about how they're treating you. But the reality is sometimes those people are being used to elevate us and help us grow. So rather than cursing someone who's cursing you, say, God, thank you that I'm going to get on top of this. I'm not going to allow it to discourage me. I'm not going to allow it to get me down. Thank you, God, that, that I have risen above something that years ago I couldn't have handled. You see, as a pastor, we're constantly critiqued and criticized and depending on, you know, a lot of things. Like this last week, somebody gave us a review, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are, but obviously you think you know who we are. And uh, so our staff looks at those, and I, I, what do you want to do? I said, I, I, this doesn't bother me. 
She has a right to her opinion. If that's what she thinks about us, it's okay. All I can do is pray for her. And used to, I was saying, let me find out where you are. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of that human nature that says, I want to defend myself. What I found when Jesus was accused falsely, he didn't even open his mouth, which frustrated the accusers because he wasn't going to argue. Why would I argue what you're saying is nonsense? I mean, that's, I'm just thinking maybe what Jesus might have been thinking. I don't know. I mean, how can I do that? Um, but I think through that stuff, and I think criticism is oftentimes for me, maybe not you, but it's a test to see if I really am going to allow that to get me down, to stop me. And, and again, I, I have no hard feelings, thankfully, for that person. I don't even remember the person's name. I, don't, I didn't put it down. I didn't write it down, hang it on my refrigerator and say, you know, every day I'm going to get up and say things that I shouldn't say. Instead, I'm going to pray the things I should pray. God help them because they have to be very angry because if I'm what they're thinking about, they don't have much of a life. <laughs> if, if I am worthy of your criticism, I pity you that I'm all you could think about today and write something nasty about me. God bless you. I'm praying that you get some other things in your life that, that do something for you. You see, because oftentimes we take things personally and so instead, I thought, I'm just thankful that somebody cared enough to mention me. And I know it sounds silly, but Pastor Jesse will tell you, we've been doing this together a very long time. And if you allow those things to get on you, then that's what you're thinking about all the time. I'm not called to think about negative. I'm called to think about positive. I'm called to walk in faith, not fear. Those are the things I'm called. So this is helping me. And that sounds ridiculous if your spouse, your boss, whatever, your boss may be mean to you and you don't like them and you're asking God to either kill them or move them. I know that's extreme, but uh, I'm sure you thought it. And at some point you do. You start thinking things the wrong way instead of saying, God, I thank you that I'm going to become who you want me to become. And that person's a part of me becoming that. And they really are. And, you know, I mean, they really are. We're, we can grow through those things. So today I'm going to talk about having gratitude in pursuit of the promise, gratitude in the midst of the promise, gratitude in advance of the promise, gratitude after the promise happens. Because, see, sometimes, and I catch myself doing this, sometimes when I've prayed for something and it comes to pass, sometimes I, I kind of, have you ever forgotten to say thank you, Jesus? I'm glad a few of you have. The rest of you just aren't awake yet. Because when I've had those things happen, and I go, man, I, maybe an hour or a day or even a week later, I go, man, I, I, didn't even, I, I prayed about this for like months, and I haven't even stopped to say thank you, Jesus. And then I rationalize by saying, well, I, he, he understands. Sure he does. And it's not about him. It's not that he's looking for it, but gratitude brings humility. When you are thankful to someone and you tell them, what you're saying is, really, I wouldn't have wanted to do this without you. I couldn't do this without you. I am thankful for you. Now, our worship guy, Brandon, the, the guy on stage, probably the best at this I've ever seen. Nicest guy you'll ever meet. The most grateful person I've ever known. I mean, having a conversation with him, he just, he just breathes gratitude. So when you hear him sing and you lead, lead worship, it's not just the singing, the gift, and the talent, though he has all those. I tell him all the time, I said, you have an incredible ability to connect with people. 
And a part of that is because he has a grateful heart. You can get around some people who don't even open their mouth, but you have a sense of gratitude, the humility. That's what gratitude does. It brings, it creates humility. If you, you say, well, you know, I, I don't know how to walk in humility. Be grateful and you will walk in humility. God, I'm thankful for the food I have. And, you know, in, in Timothy, it, it talks about praying, but you don't have to intercede over your food. I mean, if you ever go out to eat with somebody who prays a long time, just stop them. The Bible says give thanks. It doesn't say spend 30 minutes interceding. Unless you're going to a real bad restaurant, then maybe you do that. But, but oftentimes, we as Christians measure our faith and our walk with God based on how long we pray, how many Bible verses we can quote, how many chapters we read, how good we do. Instead of realizing, I'm telling you, a heart of gratitude does a lot in your relationship with God. And we'll show you that throughout this message today, at least a part of it. So in Exodus chapter 15, as most people in the world have heard the story of the Red Sea and uh, the exodus from Egypt and Israel going through all the things they went through to get to their place of promise or the promised land. And uh, at one point, you may recall, they come to the Red Sea and uh, Israel is camped out ready to go across and trying to figure out how to get across. And God speaks to Moses, obviously, and tells him what to do and raise his staff. And, but behind them is Egypt. Now, there was a cloud by day, a wall of fire by night, separating the Egyptians from Israel. God's protecting them. But then God instructs them what to do. So sure enough, they, Moses does what God says. God parts the Red Sea. And what's really great about this story is once he parts it, now the floor of the sea is dry. Israel is, I mean, imagine this. If you've ever been to any lake in Oklahoma, you know it's mushy. And you don't even know what's under there. And it's really scary. And uh, so God parts the sea. Israel goes across on dry ground. And then the Egyptians come after them. I love this story. And all of a sudden, they get out in the middle, and God just collapses the water. Now, it's an exciting story. Now, I've got a couple of degrees in theology, and, and, um, and there was always the debate of, of liberal theologians saying, well, that was impossible because during that time and that year, the Red Sea was so shallow it didn't make any sense at all. To which the response by a theologian was, even a greater miracle that God would drown all those Egyptians in no water. What an amazing story. But as a result of that, Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and all the women followed her with tambourines dancing. Now, things haven't changed much in the church Women are the ones celebrating, and men are too tough and prideful to lift their hands. Thank God for you ladies. I'm grateful for all of you. I really am. If, if, throughout the history of the church, women are typically the ones leading in the spiritual journey. I hate that. It's embarrassing for men. We act like we're all that in a bag of chips, and we don't need anything because we're men. Let me tell you right now, thank God that my mother 
stayed steady all of my life, but for the first 13 to 14 years of my life, my dad didn't go to church. Now, he was working. He wasn't lazy. He wasn't playing. He was working seven days a week, but that's not the story. story is my mother refused to not bring us up in church. It wasn't until I was in my late teens that my dad started going to church with my mother, and they lived the rest of their lives going to church. But uh, here we see Miriam. Now, if I was a guy, I'd have, I'd have gotten in on this dance. And it says, Miriam led them in singing, sing to God. What a victory. He pitched the horse and rider into the sea. In other words, immediately she stopped to give gratitude and thank God for what he did to deliver them from the Egyptians that were coming to bring them back into captivity or to kill them. Gratitude will change everything. Matter of fact, the Bible says God inhabits the praises which is a form of gratitude. He inhabits the praises of his people. Now, I have recently decided that I want to up my gratitude level. And this will help you in your marriage. This will help you with your kids. This will help you with your job, with anybody that's in authority over you. That the things that you expect people to do, we oftentimes think, don't need to be grateful, that's their job. Now, please understand, I, I get that we all have duties, and when I was a kid, we were fortunate to live in the country, and kind of fortunate. Uh, we had probably an acre, acre and a half at the time before my dad bought more, but as there were three of us boys. I was the middle child, and all middle children get a pretty good pass to heaven. Yeah, because you're the one that the, the older brother messes up and, and, and you get punished for it. But well, we're not doing that. We gave that to your brother and he messed up. So you, they skip you and then they forget about it on the third child and he gets everything the first child had. And all you first children go, oh, you just sour. No. So the reality is we three boys had to mow the lawn because my dad worked literally two jobs. And so... And, and this was back before zero radius with air-conditioned lawnmowers. This is like, you know, now you got a 52-inch cut. I mean, you can mow your yard in five minutes. No, we had like a 19-inch cut on a lawn boy, and it didn't even pull itself. We had to push it. My head, my chin hit the handle. And Dad would say, you guys mow the lawn. And one week I'd mow it, my brother would mow it. And I never once... Heard my dad come home and say, you know, I just want to thank you. Oh, no. You live here, you work here. Now, now we have a sissy generation. They don't even know how to start a lawnmower. They won't drink out of a water hose. We drink out of water hoses, swam in ponds. And these go, oh, I don't want to get thick. You already are. I'm telling you, it is a ridiculous generation. So let me get back on point. Okay, now, it wasn't that my dad didn't love me. That wasn't it. He had an expectation that I would obey him, and that's good. But even if somebody expects you to obey them, if, if they're, if in a, you know, Susan is great about there are certain things she loves to do and things I like to do, and, and, but she's, she's just great. And, but I could say, well, that's her job, and that's what she needs to do. But what I realized is every time she fixes something to eat, I say thank you. She does laundry. She loves doing the laundry. And guess what? I really love that she does. <laughs> but 
I could easily say, well, you know, that's, that's your job. Everything's our job. There's nothing that says she has to do any of those. You say, well, that's what a woman does. No, no, no. We're in this together. You, and guys, if you think that if you're so old school that you think it's your, your wife's duty to do certain things, you need to stop. You ain't going to have a good finish. And, and it's probably going to take her a month to get used to you saying thank you. Okay, what do you want now? Well, we need to be grateful for what anybody does for us. We need to say thank you more. If you, you need to do a gratitude chart. And you know what? You say, well, that, that's kind of not authentic. It's very authentic because what you're saying is, I have an expectation of myself to be thankful, and am I reflecting gratitude? And sometimes we think we are because we thought it in our mind, I'm really grateful, but you didn't say it. And let me tell you something. Words are powerful. You can, you can create a champion out of somebody by just speaking champion words to them. It's something like, man, i tell you what. That my clothes smell so good that it's going to be dangerous when I get out in public in them. I am so grateful. I don't know what you use. I don't know what you've created here. But I'm telling you, when I walk outside, people just stop and... You say, but that's just bizarre. No. Be thankful. Be grateful that somebody would do that much for you. You say, but that's just expected. No. You know, we cannot be grateful to God because God sent Jesus and Jesus came to die for the sins of all mankind. He did his job and he did everything he was supposed to do. But the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. He sits down. Matter of fact, the, the Strong's Concordance says he marries. He sits down in the midst of it. He gets comfortable in our praise. It comforts him. I want to sit and listen. I have started, so I started something years ago um, where I decided that rather than complaining, I mean, all of us have had a bad server at a restaurant. There's no doubt. You've had somebody, they didn't show up at the table enough. They didn't pour your water. They didn't, they didn't smile. You've had all of that. And, and how quick we are to, to tell the manager, I'm going to tell you, that person is not going to make it. They need to get fired. You know what I just started doing? I started figuring out a way to be grateful and thankful. And, and just say, I want to thank you. Because you know what? Sometimes that's all they need to hear. So somebody appreciated me. And it'll start changing. They may want to start doing better. Because guess what? Somebody noticed one good thing that they did. It can, it can elevate them. You say, but you know what? They need, they need to know how wrong they are. No, they need to know how good they are and how good they can be. And they're creating the image and likeness of God. And they've got potential beyond what they can see. It's easy, to find, it's easy to find people's issues and problems. It's very easy. And we forget that we have them too. Every time I think about criticizing somebody else, I look and say, but I got my own issues. And I'm sure some of you know those. I don't see them. I've got blind spots. you got blind spots. And some of you all don't think you got blind spots. You're just absolutely blind. You don't even have a blind spot. You're just blind. You cannot see that you have your own issues in life and, and that 
Why should I be grateful for anybody else? And let me tell you what, gratitude, people who, do, who lack gratitude are insecure people. Well, if I tell somebody thank you, it, I mean, it kind of implies that I can't do this myself. You can't. Two are better than one. Three have a greater return. Three, a, a strand of three cores are not easily broken. We, we're better. One can put 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. The Bible tells us very clearly that we need each other. We need to encourage one another. It's not always what you do for someone, but I can tell you it's often what you say to someone that's more important than what you do for someone. Words have power. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Then say be joyful when things are going your way. Be joyful when nobody opposes you. Be joyful when nobody... It says be joyful always, even when somebody's nice to you, somebody's kind to you. Be joyful when somebody's critical of you, unkind to you. Be joyful. But man, if you're not careful, it gets on your flesh, it gets in your heart. You can't get rid of it. Pray continually. I don't know how many of you, I mean, this, my thing is now, my life is everything, everywhere you turn, every day. It's not about getting up, and though prayer in the morning is a great kickstart, but praying throughout the day. Just praying as you're driving, God, I'm headed to this place, help me with this work, help me with this job, help me with this account. God, I thank you that ahead of time that my steps are ordered by you, and I know that whatever I say, when I open my mouth wide, you'll fill it. Just things like that that keep us connected to God and honoring God. And even that alone is a little bit of gratitude because you're saying, God, I can't do it without you. Don't want to. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. I would interject here at this point to say this week, if I was a school teacher, I'd say your assignment this week is every day determine you're going to communicate gratitude first to the people closest to you. You know what, really, this is so true, that we're oftentimes more communicative and more grateful, or at least communicated to people. It's still saying, the people closest to you are the ones you hurt the most. And it's not just what you say, it's sometimes what you don't say that hurts them the most. I did all this and you said nothing. I did all this and you didn't even thank me. And they didn't do it for that purpose, but, but it is hurtful when we leave words out that could be spoken and encourage people. Quit looking for all the things people do wrong because you're always going to find them. There is no one who's perfect. And I started with servers, and I just decided I'm going to be kind. Like um, I just had some work done, construction work, and it was a pretty big job. And, and I, I'd met the owner. He had given me the bid, and I'd met him. But he had a crew come out, and it was a pretty big job and a pretty long job. And before he ever called me, I texted him. I said, I just want to say something. I said, these guys are the best I've ever seen. I said, they show up on time. 
They're kind. They represent your company well. And I said, I, I just want to tell you, I'm just thankful. I could have said some things that, that, that probably that weren't so loving. But honestly, everything I said was true. And I said, you know what? I just want you to know that because if they had done something wrong, I can promise you somebody would be complaining. And I said, I'm sure they did a couple of things, but why am I going to talk about that? They were really good. And then so he, he calls me, and his daughter does their social media, and he said, would you mind uh, putting that on a review on Facebook? <laughs> and so I did. But, but his daughter was on him because, Dad, you need to have these reviews. That's how it works, yada, yada. I gave him a flowery review. I mean, uh, amazing review. And it wasn't suck up. I mean, the job's done. It was just simply I wanted to do something nice for this guy who did something nice for me. You know, and, 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 and it wouldn't, it, we had six or seven other companies come out. This guy cost more than any of them. But Susan and I prayed, and we're like, this is the right thing to do. Now, trust me, when I wrote the check, it didn't feel right. <laughs> but I realized that gratitude moves the heart of God. Colossians 3 said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are admonished and encouraged by the word of God to be grateful people. Every, in every tragedy, you can look at what you've lost and be hateful, or you can look at what you have left and be grateful. Joseph was a grand example of choosing to be grateful instead of hateful in the face of betrayal. Joseph went through a mess of things, but never lost his gratitude for God. Too often we focus on people, how they've treated us, what they've done or what they've not done, instead of looking and saying, if nothing else good happens, I have Jesus in my corner. I have grace. I have mercy. I have forgiveness. I have salvation. I have eternity. I have so much to be grateful for. Even if things around me seem to be falling apart, I have a lot to be grateful for. If everything fell apart, I'm going to heaven. I mean, I am going to heaven. I am so grateful I get to go. I know some of you are still questioning whether you're going or not. I did for a couple of years after I got born again. I, every time I'd make a mistake, I'd go to bed and I'd God, please, if I die tonight, I'm going to go to heaven. I didn't realize I was going anyway. You say, well, how can you say that? It's real easy. I'm not going because I had a good day. I'm going because he's a good God. I'm going because he died for my sins. And I accepted his sacrifice. And see, when I was in a religious mode, I always thought I could only be grateful during times that were good. And I thought I can be grateful all the time. I'm grateful for all of you and all of you watching. I'm grateful. I mean, you know how hard it is sometimes to show up on a Sunday, wonder if anybody's going to show up. <laughs> and then when they do show up, if you're not careful, you get arrogant. Well, you know, I had something good to say. Most of the time when I leave, I question every sermon I preach. There are times I don't even want to put one on Facebook. I'm thinking, that stunk so bad. I made a mistake. One time I preached a whole sermon confusing uh, a couple of Bible characters. <laughs> 
one of my staff members finally had the guts to come and say, you're talking about the wrong guy, and I'd done it for three services. <laughs> I wanted to say, why didn't you tell me after the first? I would have been grateful. <laughs> Sometimes those things happen, you know, and I, I was very humbled. And uh, I was like, wow, I've been doing this a while and still make a mistake. But I, most people, I didn't realize, they didn't even know who Pharaoh was anyway, so I was good. I was mixing Potiphar and Pharaoh up all day long, and I'm thinking, okay, pastor, that really was good. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you hadn't read your Bible this week. <laughs> and maybe the hardest thing to do in, in gratitude is being thankful in advance. You know, there's always there are always these different uh, opinions and you know, intercession, standing in the gap, which means interceding. That, that in Hebrews it says that Christ is making intercession for us. That means when we come, it says, you know, we're asking in Jesus' name. So Jesus takes that prayer, takes it to the Father. He's standing in the gap saying, Father, I died for him, gave my life for him. Yeah. And so, so when we intercede, we're, we're standing in the gap. And sometimes people get stuck in that mode. And uh, you keep praying for the same thing over and over and over and over again. And I'm not discouraging that, but once you've prayed and you really believe that God can and will do that, begin to thank him. It will confuse hell, if nothing else. Satan will be looking and saying, how come they're thanking him? They haven't, he hasn't done anything. What, what, what? <laughs> when you start thanking God ahead of time, it will freak demons out. And some of you all just freaked out that I said demons, but they are out there, just like there are angels. And some people don't want to talk about that spiritual stuff. But it's all in the Bible. It's all very real. You don't have anything to be afraid of. I mean, if you're born again, the blood of the Lamb's covering your life, there ain't a devil in the world that can take you down. Now, he'll try to oppose you and get you to take yourself, but you, you're good. Be grateful in advance. Act like the promise has already happened. There are times I catch myself praying about things. I'll start coming out to pray, and I'll stop, stop. You prayed about that ten times. And God's going, really? You don't think I heard you the first time? I don't need hearing aids. I got this. So I begin now saying, God, I thank you for this. I thank you. It hasn't happened yet, and religious people will get mad at you. Say, but it hadn't happened. How can you even thank him? Because he's God, and he said he doesn't lie. And if I've got a scripture I'm standing on and I know he doesn't lie, then I expect him to do it. And guess what? God's not ticked off that I'm expecting. He's glad I'm expecting. And he's like, you've honored me by saying, you really believe I'll do this. And so I can prove this to you. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. This is Lazarus. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And Jesus says, take the stone Roll it away, he, he said. But the Lord said, Mar, but Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he has been there four days. So Martha is challenging Jesus here, and understandably so. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He didn't say if you're good, if you're perfect, if you've done everything right. He said, if you believe. 
we begin questioning whether God's going to do anything or not based on how good we've been. He said, no, I just want you to believe. I want you to stand. I want you to declare. I want you to say it. I want you to believe it. Our lives are a reflection of what's in our soul. We move in the direction of what we believe. You come to church because you believe something that's happening here can have a positive influence on your life. I was talking to a counselor recently, and I said, you know, all I am is I'm a tool man. So what do you mean? Well, you guys are a toolbox. And every week that you come, I try to put a tool in your box and tell you how to use it. It's all I am. I can't fix you, but I can give you the tools to help you fix you. That's all I'm doing right now. I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm loading your toolbox with gratitude, the wrench of gratitude. And I'm telling you how to use it. When good things are happening, when God's done something, celebrate what he's done. Be thankful for what he's done. And if you can't sing or dance, just tell him thank you. Miriam obviously could groove. But some of you just need to say it. And it says, then Jesus said, did I tell you, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. So then they took the stone away. Listen to this. And then Jesus looked up and said, God, you really need to do this because I got a lot of people watching. Some of you are going, did that? I didn't know that was in the Bible. It's not. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus, Lazarus is dead four days, probably not smelling all that great. And Jesus looks to heaven and said, Father, I thank you. He didn't even ask him, hey, God, would you bring Lazarus out right now and show these knuckleheads that you're God and we can do it all? No. He said, thank you. I'll give thanks in advance. You say, that's just so. No, you need to start thanking him. Start thanking him. You know, sometimes it takes a while for things to change. And we lose our gratitude and we lose all the things we were believing for because we lose our gratitude. The devil loves it when he can shut us up from declaring what God has put in his word. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. <laughs> this sounds like a like R-rated movie, a horror movie. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Then in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, a couple of translations. One is God looks at future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. Then it says God gives life to dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Now this is, listen, Everybody thinks that either God is a magician, a butler, whatever. That, that God's just going to make things happen. All I, I mean, it's just whatever happens, it must have been the will of God. We can initiate the movement of the will of God by being grateful ahead of time for what he's already promised. Christianity is not just sit and wait. This is not bingo. This is not the lottery. This is not if you're... Your number has already come up. You are already bingoed. 
Everything's covered crossways, sideways, vertical, horizontal, diagonal. It's covered. It's not like God is sitting here going, well, I'm going to let you win, but I'm not going to let you win. And you wonder what, sometimes why people win, why they have a successful life, or why they live a life of joy in the midst of total failure. It's because they have chosen to believe that things can change in a moment. That God can do it in a moment. When we were going through the pandemic, I shared this a few weeks ago. I'll keep sharing it probably from now on. The amazement of, of what God did at Mosaic during that time. Thousands of churches closed. Most of you don't follow it. Most of you don't know it. And I understand that. But thousands of churches closed because they couldn't stay open. The pandemic cut them all off. They, they just couldn't make it. And uh, then they started offering. I got a call from a pastor in Houston and said, have you heard about this PPP that the government's distributing? And he told me all about it. I got a little excited. And I thought, well, I'm going to go get in on some of this. And I don't know how many banks I went to. And most of them didn't even know what to do or how to respond. They didn't even know about it. But he had already done it. And finally, one day, I was praying. And God said, do you trust me and do you believe me? Or are you going to go with the government? Now, you guys got to know me to know what I'm talking about right now. And I, I quit immediately. God said, are you going to trust me? I said, I'll trust you. If it collapses, it's on you. Because I don't want to say if we stay open, the government gets the glory. You get the glory. And guess what? We open. We are open. And again, you can say, well, were the people wrong? I'm not saying anybody else is wrong. I'm saying it would have been wrong for me. Because God, wanted, I, I know God wanted me to say, you know what, God, I trust you. And you know what? If this thing doesn't work and we're not able to open up after this thing's done, I'll still praise you. I'll still give you glory. I'll still be grateful for everything you've done. But I'm going to believe you and I'm going to be grateful that you're going to meet every need we have according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he did. And you know what? Thank you. Because many of you were a part of that miracle. Thank you. We would not be open for any other reason other than God used people like you and people like you to obey him regardless of whether or not we gathered together here. You stayed faithful. And so I, it's just a story to me. I'll never forget it. I looked at Susan and I said, I'm done. I'm not going to ask one more bank. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm going to believe that Jesus will speak to the people that call this home. And he did and you heard and you responded and you obeyed. Thank you. Because I'm going to tell you, I'll never try to do life alone again. I'll never try to do church alone again. I'll never just go through life. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's a joy to know that other believers are standing with us. That's what we're all about. So during this time, this week, I have charts. I, I, I sometimes chart things and, and uh, you know, just... Make it a, a conscious effort. Even, and I know some of you will do this. You're type A and, and you're very organized. And some of you may not do this. But what I would recommend is if, if this is a challenge, literally make a sign. Put it on your refrigerator. Be grateful. Be grateful. Remind, see, we need reminded. We need reminded sometimes. And, and, and if, whatever it takes to live a victorious life, I think you want to do that. So be grateful, people. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you've done. 
God, if you did absolutely nothing else for us, you're worthy of our gratitude, our praise, and our thanksgiving. So, Lord, today we are grateful, God, that you sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for the sins of all mankind. And that anyone and everyone who calls on your name shall be saved. God, I thank you for all that you've done and all that you've asked me to do is believe in what you've done and to believe in you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, that's what God's asking from you today. Not for you to be perfect, but for you to believe. Simply believe in him. So I want all of you in here watching online, pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for giving your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I declare today, I am born again. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week. Get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.